Hi everyone and welcome to the Monkey Seat. We're back again to bring you all the news and rumours surrounding all of motorsport as we guide you through the pandemic and back to real life. My name is Tom. And I'm Carl. And today's episode comes to you not separated by the Irish Sea, but by government-mandated social distance of two metres. That's right, today is the first time this podcast has been recorded with us being in the same country, let alone the same patch of grass. As always, feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at MonkeySeatPod. You can email us at MonkeySeatPodcast at gmail.com Or you can find us at www.MonkeySeatPod.com Right. Hello, how's your week been? It's been fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this episode because I'm not going to have to sit through the editing room and taking out all the really horrible time delay bits from the internet. You might so... not have to do the time delay, but you might have to still re-edit it. <laughs> yeah, really there's probably going to be a lot of editing still, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to have to just go through the whole thing and, and, and take out those two second pauses because the internet is just so terrible uh, yeah so you might guess we're sitting outside two meters apart in uh, on a patch of grass uh, at my house um, and so that's why we'll have a lot of birds tweeting and stuff in the background it's a beautiful summer's day um, and it's, it's lovely I'm, hope... I'm glad to be back in England for yeah the sun. yeah it's, it feels weird to actually see your face and not on this little tiny window <laughs> on my screen <laughs> yeah hi right. um, so um, there should there have been any racing actually there's two there's been two there should have been two lots of big races shouldn't there this um weekend or last weekend oh last weekend uh, um, yes as in yes. uh yesterday because we're recording on a monday again because it's bank holiday and carl's in the country so it kind of <laughs> makes sense win win yeah so the first one obviously the indy 500 was supposed to be held yesterday um indy 500s it's been running for a very long time it's probably the oldest um top line level of motorsport oldest track going it's uh, 1911 was the first running um oh, at... we're going straight in with the tom the history lesson well yeah i didn't realize that yeah yeah actually before i go into that uh let's say uh, did you see anything on the on the esports with the indy 500 do you know what i haven't really caught up with the esports no I'm really i've not rubbish. really i've not really i'm just kind of itching to get racing started again so. although i did find another esport out which i'll tell you later because it's part of my top five. Oh, okay but it is quite funny and Excellent. i now want to try it Excellent. Uh, no, so it was uh, the esports was uh, Fernando Alonso won it by about um, a tenth of a second from Jensen Button trying to overtake him on the line. So oh, it's like ex McLaren teammates. <laughs> so it's like technically that means he's won is Alonso the getting some training in for his uh, Renault seat. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah, he's not going to Renault. He's not. Renault are going out of business. Going to yeah. Anyway, that's that's for later on. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that was quite interesting that he actually managed to win the five hundred um, on the esports. That was quite surprising. Um, so yeah. did they do the full 500 laps you know of going round in circle? That must be the dullest thing when you're not actually Well, you say driving. that, but it's, it's, it's 500 miles, but they're going so fast. It's, it's not 500 miles, it's 500 laps. No, it's, it's 500 miles and it's Is 200 it? laps. But so the laps... Two, two miles? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's two and a half miles. The 500 miles, that's from here to Edinburgh. Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure the, the geography myself. But... You're going to... Jesus. Yeah. I'd have to Google that. Yeah, but they are just driving very fast in a straight line, effectively, because the bank turns mean you're not actually doing much in the way of turning. Jesus. Is that really boring, or is that part of the thing? Well, it's... Like, yeah. Le Mans is... Le Mans has twists and turns, and I know it goes on for 24 hours, but Jesus, going around in circles in where you can see where you've come from and where you're going... Yeah, I think it's it's a discipline rather than an entertainment for the drivers. It's 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 a it's a massive 
challenge of discipline to. And how is it interesting to watch someone, go, well, especially on esports? <laughs> yeah, it's not the most exciting race to watch, which is why it's difficult to watch the whole thing in one sitting. I tend to just kind of drop in and out because again, you can be you can be a lap down and still win the race, which just seems a bit odd. But the Americans love it. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. Hang I imagine... on, you can be a lap down. Yep. And still win. I I saw that once. It was like someone was a lap down with five laps to go and ended up winning it. Wow. Um, I think circumstances meant that um, they'd made their pit stop. Um, everyone else came in for theirs. There was a crash, full course caution, and then he ended up in the lead. And then he just had to save fuel for the last couple of laps and then won. Oh wow! It was. Um, I'm pretty sure that was it. It was either. It was definitely an oval track. I'm pretty sure it was Indy. Yeah. Anyway, so 1911 that was run. 103 times it's run since 1911. So that's almost every year. There's been a few times when it hasn't been run. Um, it was always nicknamed uh, the Brickyard because it originally was um, was completely brick the surface, but they ripped up all the brick and re- replaced it with asphalt. But they left one yard of bricks, which is the start finish line. So oh, they have really? to go over this yard of bricks. Dun, 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 dun. So, so instead of being the brick yard, it's now the brick yard. It's now a yard of bricks. <laughs> and and I bet that vibrates the cars. Yeah. It's like was, a speed bump in the yes, middle of the... Yeah, <laughs> there was, um, can you imagine? There was talk of like when, when Formula One went to the the Indy 500 road course they were they were talking about whether it was going to be safe to go over the bricks or not and um, they were talking about like putting temporary tarmac over it but I think they, they stuck with it in the end and it was fine that was the least of their problems it was the banking that was the problem there yeah because yeah. of the tyres and the, the Michelin tyres and then we ended up only having six starters for the 2005 Grand Prix which was horrendous um, so yes, had 500 miles, 200 laps. The lap record was set in 1996, and it was just under 38 seconds. 38 seconds, two and a half two miles. miles, two and a half miles in 38 seconds. Mental. Um, that some speed. Yes, and given that 1996, Who did that? Or do you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I I saw the name, uh, but I didn't recognise the name, and also it looked like it's a name that'd be quite difficult to pronounce. And we... <laughs> <laughs> I was I it? Was it in an IndyCar? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was in, it was in, in in an IndyCar race in 1996. Um, they they don't actually do the race in the rain because it's too dangerous with aquaplaning. Um, yeah, you're not, because the, you've not got anywhere to go. As yeah, well. the speeds they're going, and if it suddenly starts raining, um, if they haven't had a chance to get in and put wets on, then they just slide into the barrier, and it's so dangerous. So if it rains, they just red flag it, and they all quite often have rain delays. But it's it's Indianapolis. So it's not chances like, of rain are yeah, reduced the, in the yeah. summer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, early summer, isn't it? Yeah. Weirdly, what I what I find strange about the um the Indy 500 is the qualifying format. It's vastly different to um to other other tracks. You have to do four timed laps instead of one. Like qualifying normally is your quickest lap, but with yeah. the with the 500, it's four timed laps, and then that locks in your top 30 because there's 33 cars. Right. Normally what starting. happens to Cars 31, 32, and 33. So anything below there, because what you have is you have you have 20 to 22 cars on the grid for IndyCar, and then you have loads of independents coming in, or people that only race for, on the Indy 500 track, or some teams will put in a third car, like McLaren are putting yeah. in a third car for not for Alonso this time round, and various other. Nothing like favoritism. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, what will happen with that is they'll still win championship points. Yeah. Um, I think, I might be wrong on this, but I think the point system is different for Indy 500. In fact, no, it is different. You get double points for Indy 500. Yeah. So um, So is it part that, like, the other cars that turn up, are they just, they're, they're not, they just, for, and, like, Alonso, they're just there to complete? 
compete. Yeah, so they'll still get it. points for it. Um, so, like at the end of the season, if you win, if <laughs> you win the, the five hundred, Alonso's you, got five points. Exactly, you get you get you get points for winning that race, but in the they're still championship. But surely points. the championship, like championship points, but that must be annoying for like someone that's got a racing of two teams in, and Alonso goes and wins it. Well, you yeah, know. but I guess it's kind of it's kind of the charm of the Indy five hundred, really. But so it, it qualifies the first, like Monaco, having random race people just which up. which has happened in the past oh really it's not in the rules now though you can't do it in the formula one rules now but um it's it's something that they still do mm-hmm. in indy but you've got the top 30 but the 33 cars in the race so what happens then is the um whatever cars are left outside of those top 30 places they then do a shootout for the final three spots on the grid and they line up three at three at a time as well for the indy 500 they line up in rows of three which I think is the only time they do that, but they don't do standing starts. So are they? They do. Are they uh, a bit like on athletics tracks, slightly staggered? So the the one that gets the inside lanes further back and the um, one it's kind of it's the opposite. The one that's the one that qualifies fastest is slightly further ahead. Oh right. I know. Obviously, athletics they um because so they're then they they're probably in straight lines. Yeah. Because keep, keeping keeping in mind in athletics you have to stay in your lane. Yeah. And you whereas have to have in, in racing you don't. So it's um, it's the advantage. You just get the advantage, um, and then weirdly as well, it's not that's that locks in the, the front thirty. Then the uh, the next three cars. Jesus, these lo- rules are long yeah. just to get yeah. through qualifying. Yeah, and then Christ. like and then after that, the first three rows, the top nine have another shootout. There, so all of their so you times. Could, you could have done your lap in like thirty-three seconds or whatever it was. Yeah, but then that time and gets wiped that t- out. And then that is not is just ignored, and you could crash out in the second round. Yeah, that gets wiped out, and then you go into another shootout uh, with the top nine to determine the first three rows. How long does this last? Three years? Well, qualifying is actually done on a separate weekend. <laughs> they have like practice week, and then they have qualifying weekend, Jesus Christ. Uh, and then they do the race the, like either the week or two weeks after that. Which is why, like, Fernando Alonso failed to qualify for the uh, Monaco... Not Monaco, sorry, for the Indianapolis Grand Prix last year. Um, but we knew he hadn't qualified a week before. Mm-hmm. So, that was... He didn't try and get a seat back into Mo- to Monaco to make up for it. <laughs> well, he'd already left Formula 1 by then. So, um, but... Yeah, but he's not in Indy. And he still just drops in and out whenever yeah. he wants. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, and then also uh, another reason that makes it unique is in um, in um, victory circle at the end when you've got the winner celebrating, he gets uh, a big jug of milk. Milk. Milk, not champagne. Milk. And that's only with the Indy 500. Yeah. There, what's the? Do you know the heritage? Behind I that? don't know the heritage behind that. It's it's, it's, it's got to be a farmer thing. It's, like being yeah. hundred years old, it's got to be like a, that was probably the best thing that they could. Yeah, Don't quite possibly, them. but it's it's just it's one of those really weird traditions that just sticks with Indy. But this obviously it normally runs on Memorial Day weekend, um, which was the weekend just gone. But it's not running this year, but it is running later in the year, so they are looking at running. Are it they doing in. it over two weekends again? Are uh, I think it's and... a, I think it's the same plan as normal. Did I maybe I made this up? Probably it does sound like you. Did I read that they were going to do the? Actually, this might make sense now. They were going to do some qualifying for the Indy 500 and then do the American Grand Prix, the Indianapolis Grand Prix on yeah, the same days. Right. That sounds right. So you do the 500, that will be on like the Saturday, and then they'll do the actual Grand Prix on the Sunday, say. 
So the Grand Prix is the is the Grand Prix of Indianapolis, not yeah. the Indianapolis so, 500. Yeah, yeah. So and then and then they'll then go and do the. Yeah, and then the the 500 will be the the week yeah. after or two yeah. weeks after or whatever. Maybe I make yeah. I might be making that up. And I, That's what they normally do, but I've got and a our feeling. Our American follower should be telling us. Yeah, I've got a feeling they're doing it differently this this time round. That's what they normally do. Yeah. Uh, it's the weekend before, but um, or two weeks might be two weeks before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Um. So. Talking about um, Indy and the constructors, Ferrari. Yeah, we discussed this last did week. You, did I, you shoot your load too early? Well, no, I, I, it does sound like something load. I would do, yeah. but um, I did call bullshit on it. Um, but um, it looks like there is actually some substance to it. <laughs> so is I this s- on your research? You well, yeah. It? I mean, I, I said that they would be interested in being. I can see them coming in as an engine supplier. But uh, Mario Andretti's come out and said that they should um, they should consider entering entering Indy cars as both a chassis builder and an engine supplier. At the moment, Delara make all the chassis, so they're he's saying that that they should enter as a chassis and engine supplier and change the rules to accommodate that. So you have effectively a chassis war between these but two then people. So surely like, that company will be like, um, sorry, what? Well, I'm like just going to pull out. Well, like Formula One, you'd get a uh, you get a set of yeah. But when rules. you've got the monopoly on the thing, you don't then. Um, it. I guess it depends. I mean, it, the competition could be good. Apparently, that's. I mean, Andretti thinks it's it would be great for IndyCar, and if it's great for IndyCar, then surely that's great for Delara as well as for. But it's going to cost Delara. Well, it just means that Delara is just going to charge more. Yeah, quite but possibly. Because if they why have would to you be... also go for Ferrari? Why would you also go for Ferrari chassis when you've got Delara? You know, it's reliable. Well, it's I guess it, it's it's that it's that difference, isn't it? It's, you might decide that you want to you want to try something different, see if Ferrari can steal a march on Delara because Ferrari obviously yeah, got. Yeah, let's see how Ferrari pedigree. are doing in F one. Let's yeah. look at that well, and then pe- realise that they're not doing that well. Well, they're not doing. I mean, they're still the second best team, so that's still pretty good. It's just yeah, but it's, it's not, not Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari want to be winning all the time, and that's not what they're doing. Um, but. Um, it, say it would have been changing the rules, but uh, Andretti thinks it'd be worth the risk. Ferrari did try once before to enter Indy, which I actually wasn't aware of. They built the Ferrari uh, 637, which was a prototype um, chassis for Indy um, to, to enter as a chassis maker, um, but it didn't quite pan out. But the, the, as I said, the Lara versus Ferrari battle would be would be something that, with both companies being Italian-based, would be uh, would be quite interesting to see. Like everyone in motorsport is Italian-based. Well, was, and now they're British-based. But Pretty yeah. much, yeah. They're mostly British-based. Um, but back in the day, it was always the Italians, you know. Yeah. It still is, that still make the high. Yeah, it was Alfa Romeo at the start, um, yeah. and then it was Mercedes... And obviously, it was German, Germans for sensible cars, Ferraris for the crazy cars. Yeah. And then the English just made them. Yeah. Never the, designed them, just made them. Yeah. Not the, very well. They did design them, but just not very well. The Brits um, started to dominate the motorsport side of things in the in the sixties. And the American went mass market. Yeah, pretty much. Um, God, it's weird being outside in the heat. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm in the shade, so I'm I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy. I'm here. tanning since my legs. I've, since I've decided to get a bit of a a savage haircut, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be wearing a hat and putting sun cream on my head. Tom's so. now skinhead. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think you should go proper skinhead and then grow the beard and go all um, Iron Man. What's his name? Obadiah. Obadiah. Yeah. It? Yeah. 
I think you look quite I'm not cool. sure I'll pull off the Jeff Bridges Especially bit, for the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. This is the problem with us being yeah. in the same room yeah, while we're just talking is we get distracted. Yeah, so I'm saying I'm not going to have to edit loads out on this, but I probably still am because I'm probably still going to have to cut out all the crap. But, uh, yeah. I still think it's slightly bullshit. I don't think they're going to go into it. I think it's just them crying wolf as always with... Yeah, I think they're evaluating it, and I can see that if if it if it was successful, then it might be yeah. it might be that safety blanket how, of the, them saying, "Do you know what? We don't need F1," and then they might end up pulling different out. Different are F1 and IndyCar in the sense of the technologies they use and the the shape and like, is there exchangeable things between IndyCar? Well, the um, the IndyCars run a V6. Uh, turbo engine, which Formula One runs a V6 turbo engine, but that turbo engine is a hybrid system, so there's no hybrid systems in the Indy cars. Yeah. So it's uh, they've only yes. just recently switched to the uh, to the turbo engines a yeah, few years ago. I can guarantee they'll have to move over to hybrid anyway. It's as soon as well. It's almost as soon if if it'd be if someone that's more more greener than Trump or someone comes in, things are going to have to change. Yeah. Over yeah. there. Um, Quite possibly, and I think that'd be one of the. But I think things. I don't think I think there's a there's some similarities in engine design that they can they can take and it might it might help them. There must some be some similarity in chassis design because they wouldn't be. It's it's a lot less reliant on aerodynamics. Formula One is a very aero driven formula. Uh, the cornering speeds in Formula One are just just absolutely dwarf the cornering speeds in IndyCar. It's because they don't do corners that often. Yeah, but when only, it's, it's a common misconception. IndyCar has actually got more more tracks than ovals now. Oh yeah, but they still forty five percent of the time they're still going around in a circle. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Talking of Ferraris going around in circles, you might have seen. I don't know if you have the Charles Leclerc going around Monaco. Yeah, I saw a story about this, well, but I didn't really. So read up I, on I it. guess that making a film. I guess that yeah, it was it was a um, remake or, or a sort of shoddy sort of publicity stunt Ferrari of a French film that I've never heard of, which something Un Rendezvous was what it was mm. called, and the original director uh, Claude Lelouch. I probably got that wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you've got to be as French as possible to pronounce that yeah. name. Um, well, was actually directing. Um, Charles Leclerc, and it was two Ferrari. It was their newest car, the Ferrari SF nineties. Yeah. Um, that were chasing around Monaco. I presume because Monaco had always planned to be closed, they just carried on closing it anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it was easy to okay, and that's why they decided to do it. Um. Yeah, but that's that. That's not the issue, is it? That's not what you've got. Both no. This is it. I saw a video. Okay. And not only saw a video, I've saw I've seen loads of pictures, and it is absolutely hilarious. Um, we're all getting shouted at to social distance. Obviously, it doesn't apply to Monaco because they're all there. They've all got masks on, but they're all stood there chatting to each other within like next door to each other. There's no Fantastic. social distancing. There's a there's a picture of about no joke fifty marshals all just stood there. There's the director. The point where this director takes off his it takes off his um his mask and chats to Charles Leclerc without a mask in the car. Fantastic. And it's just like, he's about a thousand years old, the director, and he's <laughs> young and rich and loaded and 
driving for why is ferrari allowing this yeah it does seem like it's just like at what point and why why put it all over and it was that that publicity was actually from their actual i it was i've got a linkedin page and it was from actual f1's like marketing team so it's not but it's like i've got pictures of charles without masks and it's just like why are you doing that we all know that this was shot in the in in covid period just everyone will get over it if it's a publicity stunt like and there's pictures of him coming out of this hotel the fame i can't remember the palais something the famous monaco hotel there's a few of them to like, be honest there's loads of hotels around but there's like the famous one i can't remember what it is um and he's coming out and i'm just like what is wrong with you like it's not like i know surely ferrari should be showing an example and not letting their driver just walk around nilly willy chatting to old men who blatantly look like they're going to die for corona huh? walking around nilly willy nilly willy <laughs> willy nilly willy nilly nilly willy i don't yeah. know anyway walking around nilly willy nilly willy um it it does seem a bit bad for given that formula one are trying to convince say the, the british government that they're able to move freely around europe because they're going to be taking it so seriously and doing all these you know doing all these checks and being very stringent and then Ferrari go and post something like that where they're clearly not social distancing. I mean, he's he's showing you a picture. This is great for for a podcast. He's showing me a picture. Yeah. Look at the guys behind them. Not hit them two. They could be two meters. They're not two meters apart. No, they're not two meters apart. But But yeah, and the other people as well. And all the other people behind, none of them wearing masks. All the press and publicity team. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, that is mental. Wrong with you, you idiots. Just because you've got a nice car doesn't mean... Oh, anyway, I hope he gets COVID. No, this, I don't. I don't this week's I mean. rant has been brought to you by the monkey seat and pup. Nobbeds. <laughs> Bunch of nobbeds. Yes. <laughs> Sponsored by Dominic Cummings as the voice from the other side oh, of the garden. Oh, another nobbed. Current, current, don't currently, even get me started. Uh, currently sunbathing. Actually, I don't, uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. Another one that this flouts isn't a, COVID rules. This is not a political podcast. Doesn't doesn't we apply are. to anyone if you're rich, famous. We are not going to get into politics. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Charles Leclerc is a conservative member. We're not getting into politics. <laughs> this is a motorsports podcast. We are not Sorry, getting into if, politics. I, I'm not gonna, Tom's not going to be able to cut all this because it's going to sound weird if there's a weird jump cut. Yeah. And the person laughing behind is Tom's fiance. Yes. So we have an audience this yes. time. Yes, woo! Live audience! Although she's not actually been listening to us. No, mm-hmm. she's had... She's yeah, had she's her headphones in. She's been sunbathing. Mm. Um, it's a hard life, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah, so right. apart so from... Next? I mean, if it was Alonso, I could understand it because Dick's fellow Dick, but I'm quite disappointed <laughs> with Charles Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Dick's fellow Dick's in your world. Yeah, but I'm still really disappointed with Charles Leclerc. Well, he's probably just doing what he's told at the end of the day, isn't he? But Well, then he's a nomad as well. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But... But, yeah. I've bashed Alonso, I've bashed Ferrari, I'm happy. If Hamilton was driving, Jesus Christ, that would have been a full yeah, hat trick. Yeah, you'd have been about 20 minutes of just oh. Carl ranting about Hamilton. <laughs> um, yeah, so it also should have been Monaco this weekend. Um, why? Obviously... Is there a reason why those two are always on the same day? They're, they're quite they, regularly on the same day. They're not always. Uh, it's become more traditional in recent times that, um, that they do them on the same day. Um, I'm not sure why, because it seems like... You know, you're two... taking half your audience either way, and you're not gaining. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think there's very different audiences between Formula One and Indy, but even so, it's um and also as well with regards to 
television in Indianapolis. The race is on in the evening for us. Yeah. And obviously it's on in the morning in Indianapolis. The Monaco so you could Grand just Prix. be awake so it's, all day it's, and all it's, night. A, it's a full day of motorsport. So I guess that's probably why yeah. they do that because it becomes like, like a Super Sunday effectively. So it's like a just the two biggest events on the calendar. Yeah. Um, why is Monaco so prestigious? one of the originals isn't yeah it? it's it's been again it's not been in every season in formula one but it's been in most of them mm-hmm. the, the the championship was formed in the in 1950 as we discussed uh last week um but the first monaco race was in 1929 and there's been 77 grand prix run on it in that time uh, again so not not every year uh 78 laps and it's um Ayrton Senna has won the most times there with six wins, and McLaren have won 15 times there. Uh, obviously, six of them were with Ayrton Senna. There was a, a a period of of eight years where it was only Senna or Prost that won. Right, between them. Hamilton or Hamilton or Hamilton or yeah. Hamilton. no, not so much. Hamilton doesn't win Monaco that often. Normally, something gets in the way. He's won it two or three times. Um, but Graham Hill won there five times, I think mm-hmm. it was. Jim Clark won three or four times as well so there's um it seems to be a driver's track where the the best drivers come to the top yeah. like olivier panis and uh and uh sebastian vettel mm, okay um yeah so it's it's been on the calendar every year since 1955 it had a four-year absence where um 1950 was on the calendar then 51 and 52 it wasn't 53 and 54 it was but it wasn't a championship event and then from 1955 onwards it's been on the calendar every single year so it's the jewel in the crown of, of the season 2005 it had 50 consecutive years yeah so we're now what 60 65 years, years is it 65 years it's been running got to be some sort of record yeah i mean and it's is, is it following the same track there's been some changes to it over the years the the basic track has been the same but um With that happen the uh the modern formula one era it's been the same so we're talking like from the 60s onwards they built a whole new um pit and paddock complex and they changed the swimming pool section to accommodate a new pit and paddock building uh but there's still this the so is that a purpose-built building then? Uh, yes, it is now, and they've they've built on top of that as well. They've built another level on top of it now for all the the posh bods, who yes. uh, who have all of the money in the world um, to go. They there. all live in Monaco anyway. Pretty so they much, don't quite yeah. Know why they a lot, of, a lot of the drivers do. Not all of them, but a lot. Why of them is do. it that the drivers live in Monaco? Tax haven. Is that literally it? Tax haven. Yep. Because I know, like on Need for Speed, um, Albon decided to get a pad there. Yeah. But I do wonder if that's also. You mean Drive to Survive, not Need for Speed. Drive to Survive, sorry. Um, Need for Speed's a game, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, But I do wonder if, because it was a tax haven originally, but now it's seen as the right place to Hmm. be. It's the place to be seen and the place to do business. Yeah, a lot of the business is done there. Generally, the business is kind of, uh, the deals are brokered in Monaco and then the deals are signed in Singapore. Yeah, like if you want to be in the film world, in theory, you go to L.A., Mm-hmm. But actually, film can happen anywhere in the world, you know. Yeah. So, you yeah. Know, it's, like... it's an interesting, interesting thing. I mean, there's there's always debates about whether it should still be on the calendar, 
because it just isn't fit for purpose. People say it's too dangerous and everything. But weirdly, there's been 50 Formula One drivers that have died in Formula One since since its inception. Only one of them was at Monaco. Um, that was Bandini, and that actually happened live on television in the 60s. Oh, um, it was uh, it came out of the uh, came out of the swimming pool section, and then just he just caught a barrier, which was then just a hay bale to stop the cars going mm. into the uh, into the river. So there hasn't been an a death since the sixties. Not a Bonaco, no, no. The, he's the only one. I think it was. It may have been nineteen sixty-seven. It was kind of mid to late sixties, but that was the last, the only time anyone's yeah. ever died in that race. There was uh, Alberto Ascari, the um, one of one of the first ever Formula One world champions, double world champion. He actually drove his car into into the harbour. Oh, really? He's, uh, he he lost it coming out of a uh, coming out of oh, a section. Oh, what on that little lefty righty? Yeah, he ca- he came out of the tunnel down 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 the hill and then mm-hmm. um, went went round into the next section and he he lost. Always oh, noticed she came. Yeah, <laughs> lefty righty bit. Yeah, lefty righty bit. Yeah, so he he lost he lost control and he had a choice of either hitting hitting something on the edge of the track or just driving it into the harbour and he decided to drive it into the harbour. He landed but, on a boat. No, he went straight into the water. But back then, um, back there then, there was super yachts floating There was around. no, no, there wasn't any of them. But there was also no seatbelts in the cars then, so mm-hmm. he literally just floated to the surface and and just got out completely unscathed. Then he went probably onwards. The softest landing he's ever had. Yeah, probably. And then he went on to um, practice for the next race. Uh, was it um, four days later and died in a car crash? Oh Jesus! So he survived. He survived going going into the Monaco Harbour. Then four days later, thinking he's invincible, um, has a crash in practice and I dies. I wonder if he did, or whether it's more of you're so shell shocked, you don't actually you're, mm. you know, although they they must have a mentality, but to go, you know, that sort of memory of something happening and then you actually do it again. You know, like it's like when you have a car crash. Yeah. Or car accident yourself. You know, you, it takes you a little while to get back into a car. It takes you a little while yeah. to get back driving. I remember when I flipped my car over on its side, it took me a good few weeks to think about getting into a car again. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe. That might that might have been something to do with it. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, I think the, um, the issues with Monaco... Um, are a little bit unfounded. It's uh, much lower speeds, and by modern safety standards, um, it really isn't that dangerous at all. It's dangerous for reliability. Uh, you know, you, you can you can cost. <laughs> That's not dangerous. Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of money that can be wasted by crashing into the barriers at Monaco because it's so tight, and with the cars being so wide now as well, um, it's it doesn't make for great racing. Would That's the biggest problem with it. Have another car from Monaco, do you reckon? No, I, I think the development costs would be too high for that. They just they would just run the race. Um, or they just make all the cars go skinnier if they suddenly decided. Yeah, well, they did make them skinnier, which right up until 2017, they were a lot thinner. But even then, you still couldn't pass yeah. because you don't have as much mechanical grip, which means you can't get the power down and you can't get alongside the car. And because there's no real straights, it means you can't pass. It's not, well, it's not, a, it's not a speed. It's not a racing track, really. No, it's not not by modern standards, but it's I I wouldn't go as far as to say it's dangerous. The biggest problem with it is sporting wise. It's just not exciting to watch. But to be honest, you, you, you can, the Indy 500 and they're there's, there's the other race days ever. There's other race days and other race circuits that don't have any overtaking either. So mm-hmm. it's yes, it's the hardest at Monaco, but you have other other races like Australia is a great circuit. No one ever complains about Australia. But that is very, very difficult to overtake. Yeah. I think there was, you know, you normally have. 
you normally have two or three overtakes at Australia. You know, sometimes you might have one or two at Monaco, so there's not a huge difference. Is it, it's, it's literally parade ring. You're just waiting yeah, for the, the car only, in front to blow up. Yeah, the only, that is literally the only way you're going or to Or have an accident or try and jump them at the pits. That's the other way. It's all strategy at Monaco, which is why qualifying day at Monaco is one of the most exciting sessions of the season because everyone is so gung-ho to get that pole position because they know that's their best chance to win the race. Yeah. If you get pole in Monaco, unless you have a reliability issue, you stick it in the fence, you're probably going to win the race. I mean, there must be some figure of pole to... Pole yeah, to it's, I don't think anyone's ever won from outside the second row in Monaco. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, even like, actually, it, hang on. There was there was when's that? What, there was that famous race. What with only three finishes? Was it? I, I don't know. Um, my friend sent it. Nineteen ninety six. There were three finishes. Mansell was, was one of them. I remember that. Um, there was there were there were three finishes, and it was Olivier Panis that won from David Coulthard and Johnny Herbert. But Olivier Panis did actually qualify quite high in that race. Hang on. And then there was another it. race yeah. that only had four finishes, which was way back in the in the sixties. I'm now going to look it up because. Okay, this is great podcasting. Yeah, well, you can also cut this, so it's fine. 1982. Yeah. That one. That was the one where everyone kept dropping out? Yeah. Yeah, the, on the last lap. On the last lap, there was four different. Yeah, there was. Uh, I, b I believe Nelson Piquet won that race, didn't he? If you got it in front of you. Oh, Murray Walker. Okay, Carl's now going to play the video. At least hold this to the microphone. Well, Prost is spun. I've got six minutes of this. I'm not going to put this on for six minutes. Right, I'm going to go to the end because you're, the cards were really weird looking. But then, like, they all just started. Well, the chaser is out. Patrese could win still. Patrese got through. He I think it was Patrese that won. Yeah, Patrese won. Did I say PK? He said PK, yeah. Yeah, I meant Patrese. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. Oh, he's terribly posh. Yes, James, yes, James Hunt. Very, very posh, isn't he? Let's take a piss out of James Hunt. Murray Walker and James Hunt. That's another Murray Walker talking crap. Because he hasn't got a clue. Yeah, it was Patrese, not PK. Oh no, Patrese went out. No, he led and went out, and then he spun, but he recovered. Because in the next two people. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. There you go. No, that was really boring for yeah. that one. I'm sorry. But that was interesting. Uh, in some kind of weird, non-interesting way. Tom's going to have to cut the fuck out of that. I, I might just leave it as it is. What? You're going to leave all of that? Yeah, I might do. Fine. I'll see what it sounds like. Even Emily sat up for a bit. Yeah. That was exciting, wasn't it, Emily? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see? She's well excited. She even took her eyes off her phone for a second there. Right. Okay. Should we move on? The Monaco, yeah. Uh, that was... Done that. Um, yeah. Tom's History Lesson Part 2. Yeah, and uh, don't... Uh, Tom's know. Histories. Tom's Histories, um, yeah. So... Renault. Oh, Renault. What's going on? What have you heard? Well... Because you, you, you started talking about this. Yeah, so with the, you know, the impending doom of the financial crisis that is definitely going to follow this uh, this pandemic, 
um, rumours are circulating that Renault have had talks with interested parties regarding selling the F1 team. Um, it's thought that Ricardo was partially aware of what was happening um, and that's why he decided, or one of the reasons why he decided to jump ship and go to McLaren. I think a lot of it was also down to the performance of the Renault team was um, was a lot less than what he yeah. was told it was going to be. Um, but because Renault are part state-owned, 15% owned by the French government, if France is in a financially difficult position, it doesn't look good for the French taxpayers to be paying for Renault to be rubbish in F1. <laughs> it's kind of, it's not, it's not very, I know I said we're not going to talk politics on this podcast, but that kind of is relevant po- politics there. It's not really a good look no. for the French government. So as a result, they're, they're looking to save some money somewhere because they're having plummeting car sales as well. I mean, I think this is going to affect not just Renault, but all a lot, a yeah. lot of the big major players. Corona has affected yeah, it sales. Could be, and you could potentially so, see... I mean, Ferrari aren't in Formula 1 to sell cars, so you could potentially see Mercedes, Honda and, and Renault all pull out. Which is what Eddie Jordan said. Well, if Eddie Jordan said it, then it must and, be bullshit. <laughs> and you've just agreed with Eddie Jordan. No, um, and to be fair, Eddie Jordan is very well connected, and 70% of what he says is normally has some found out, but foundation. But out, unfortunately, 30% of it is absolute bullshit. But if they were to pull out, how does that... So where does that leave engines-wise? Well, I, I think <laughs> they will probably still provide engines, because that is the one area of the business they can actually make profit from. Yeah, oh, really? So they would... Um, they but would not run whole teams. They would probably. But then Honda doesn't run a team anyway. No, they just supply for Red Bull. But the thing is, they're they're ploughing so much money into Red Bull and Formula One. When they were with McLaren, they were paying McLaren one hundred million dollars, I think it was, per year to supply McLaren with engines, and that you know, and the engine they obviously McLaren didn't have to pay for those engines, so they were getting all their engines free and an additional hundred million pounds, which is how they could afford Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Because he was on something like. Two million pounds a race at that time exactly, to yeah. be sitting at the back, not doing anything, yeah. or not even starting sometimes, or crashing in Australia and then having a. Why would run. anyone like Lando Alonso anyway? Um, but you're yeah, gonna I... upset. You're gonna upset our regular listener, Elliot. Yeah, sorry, mate. But... He loves Fernando Alonso. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's more of the idiot. Anyway, um, there's, there's there's various different things got... that can go down it's that. Getting I mean, windy. Um, yeah, it is. You're... Sorry. Pages are turning automatically. Um, so the empty wallet. Cyril Abitable, who is the um, who's the team principal of the Renault F1 team, um, he's put forward some arguments to say that to the Renault board of directors as to reasons why they should stay in Formula One, which is the 2022 regulations in terms of performance should bring the teams closer together. So if the issue is Renault's performance, then that should help appease appease yeah. them in that sense. Um, progress is is likely they're likely to have a, a push forward in in performance um the... but i mean i was reading up to today no no one has officially and this was about a month ago i read this um no one a month ago had officially signed up to 2020 beyond 2020 no they haven't apart of, from Renault no they <laughs> Renault's the one that's going oh I might go but also I mean Renault Renault's got some other de- dodgy deals from the old Exxon period yes um, yeah they have which, you told me about this earlier yeah I mean Exton Exton put in the Exton but Brucey bonus of um, it's only 22 million 
which I say only, but you know for what I Bur- mean. For Bernie, that's not a lot of money. No. If Renault wins back-to-back and wins, and they win 22 races within those back-to-backs, championship, never going to happen. Well, it might happen, but not in the very near future. But I, I do wonder how many other Brucey bonuses there are in these contracts. And yeah. who signs up to... Who's, what's, is that also affecting Liberty Media's... I imagine a lot. How this is I imagine a lot of these contracts will probably be renegotiated, but that's given the, problem, the change in how, ownership. You know, this is the thing with the Concord Agreement yeah. and all that. Do you know what it's called? The Concord Agreement. Not a clue. I didn't even know there I, was such a thing called I, Concord I, Agreement. I found this. I found this out. I thought it was a really interesting fact. It's called the Concord Agreement because um, they were staying at the Concord Hotel when they wrote it up. So that's why they called it the Concord Agreement. So it's uh, you know the Concord Hotel. I, I, I believe it's uh, is it in Switzerland. Sounds something like that. Should be yeah, something like that. FIA-based But, um, but you, can, you can imagine, like, uh, it, it could well have been called the Bernie Inn Agreement, you know? <laughs> or the Travel Lodge Agreement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be, but yeah. yeah. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so that's why it's called the Concord Agreement. It's just um, an interesting factoid I thought I'd share with you. Uh, I bet, so, I d- I, we just presume all the teams are signed up. But no one. Well, they they can't actually sign up. I mean, I think Renault have got a contract that they signed to be part of the sport, but that would obviously be subject to the Concord Agreement. But I think um, it's also which I think they're just going to put an extension to the Concord Agreement because they they won't be able to get it all sorted in time because of everything that's happening this year. It's more getting keeping the sport alive is the priority at the moment. So I think think there's also, I mean, Liberty Media are really trying to you know um, shake everything up the, obviously the new budget cap obviously yep. the new um, the new Concord agreement terms but also there's some other silly ideas of um, that they at the moment 42% I think it's 42% I might be wrong I think it's in low 40s um, at the moment um, of all income goes to the top three teams. Yeah. Which then makes no sense. Also, how Liberty, I mean, Liberty Media are now wanting to bring in mid season refueling. Mid race uh, refueling, mid, you mean? Mid race, yeah. mid season. Sorry, yeah. you're only allowed to fuel, refuel your car once, once a year. Yeah. Season. That would um, help fuel economy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mid. Well, it would just mean massive fuel tanks yeah. racing around the track. be hilarious. <laughs> With t- towing. Yeah. Towing race, that's now a sport. As, mm. uh, probably is a sport about Kevin. Um, Not one that I've watched. But yeah, it wasn't on Top Gear. Um, but they're going to be, yeah, things like mid race refueling, um, uh, so, more the bit that you were talking about turning it upside down as well. When you, like, it, you what, zero, zero gravity Formula <laughs> One? I would sign up no, for that. No, 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 financially, like. Yeah, so the the at the moment Ferrari get more than anyone by quite a long way. So when the prize money gets dished out, there's a certain percentage of the prize money that goes to Ferrari before anyone else even gets a look in. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you then get historical payments, which given that Ferrari have won the most constructors championships, that they will again get more than anyone else. Yeah. Um and then it's then spread out between where you finish, which given that Ferrari are normally in the top 3, the way it works out, Ferrari will get something like $90 million more, or they'll get $90 million before they even dish out any of the prize money. 
yeah. with no one else getting anything. So they have a minimum of depending if they finish last in the championship, they would get more money than Mercedes for winning it. Which isn't right. That makes no sense. I am I mean, all for Ferrari getting more money than the other teams because Mercedes, they've been in there longer. Mercedes and Red Bull are the other two big players. Yeah, I mean, Ferrari have been in there since day two, not day one. They've been in there since very early in the in the championship, and they've been a mainstay, and they have been very successful. And the most successful people should get the most money, but sh- they should not have that level of advantage. Yeah, it should be they should. The, the team that wins should get the most money and then it should work backwards from there but then the teams that have been in the sport longer and shown the loyalty to the sport should get a little little kind of bonus but it shouldn't be 90 million that's just ridiculous that's more than some team's entire budget that they're getting before anyone else even gets any prize money yeah. which is I mean mental. Lance Stroll has also said that he's putting 500 million in the next five years into what racing point racing point Aston yeah. Martin yeah is Lance Stroll Lo- this will be Lawrence Stroll Lawrence Stroll sorry yeah. not Lawrence Stroll well Lawrence Stroll is putting it in as well, well let's be yeah. honest he won't be putting the, it in his, just... his inheritance is going into it yeah um, Lawrence Stroll is Lawrence Stroll a force for good in F1 or is he the next Bernie Eccleston well I don't think it's Lawrence Stroll that's putting the money in it's the consortium led by Lawrence Stroll Lawrence Stroll I beg your pardon that's putting the money in yeah, I mean he Lawrence does own like half of Canada and Latifi owns the other half so um, who is a shareholder in McLaren um, but and bearing in mind that now we're looking at Toto Wolff coming over from Mercedes potentially yeah potentially that's talked about over to um, over to Aston Martin Racing Point, Pink Wednesdays. Um, I just wonder if it's a good idea. This I'm guessing, in the, although he's putting 100 million in, I presume that's still under the budget cap. Uh, well, it's a spend cap, isn't it? So you can only you can put as much money as you want, but you know you yeah. might not be able to spend it because you've only got a certain amount you can spend. That much? It was a really weird story to hear. I was like, I can't yeah. quite work out. It's why. It's... I mean, that was in. This is the thing, and then there's. I think the budget cap. It's gonna have some good, but um, there's gonna be so many different ways you can spend but look, things. The thing is, I think that the 176. Well, yeah, the spend cap. But then when everything else that all those ones that we did work out doesn't don't count, such as engines, such as um, travel, yeah, engine development costs, development costs, into... and all that. He's just gonna yeah. plow loads of money into development, and I will be interested if. Aston Martin, who, as far as I can work out, are going to run Mercedes engines. Yep. They're um, a current, current customer of Mercedes, yeah. Yeah, and, and Aston Martin are a current customer anyway. And, in fact, Toto Wolff's coming over. Well, again, I the, to- the Toto Wolff thing is only a rumour at the moment. And the reason that yeah. rumour's come about is because Toto Wolff bought some shares in Aston Martin. Now, the reason he bought some shares in Aston Martin was he is he is friends with Lawrence Stroll and he he put in, what this is what he's claiming, he's putting in money into an investment opportunity and it's nothing to do with the sporting reasons. Um, <laughs> Can you yeah. smell that, Tom? Yeah. Can you smell that? Yeah. I'm not going to say it because uh, I got proved wrong from last week. So, um, well, I'll yeah. say it and then it can be very wrong. Yeah. Okay. Bullshitto! Bullshitto, okay. Yeah. That's an interesting word. Bullshitto. Okay. Um, I don't think... I, to be honest, I don't... I reckon Toto will be there next year. I don't think he will. I d- maybe, okay, maybe Toto will firm, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a link somehow. You watch it, it'll be his wife somehow in it. Um, well, Susie Wolf Susie is running Wolf. it. <laughs> is she, she's still driving? No, she retired two, three, three years ago. 
But uh, yeah, I do wonder if it'll be Susie Wolf. Yeah. Or something. Do you Power know couple I mean? owning two teams. You know that there'll be a link into there somehow. I'd still be um, surprised. I'd still be surprised. I I still think. I mean, I think he will leave Mercedes in the next two or three years. But whether he what, goes when Mercedes decides to pull out Formula One. Well, either that or he'll he'll just move on to because he's current. He's head of Mercedes Motorsport, not Mercedes Formula One. So I think he might end up moving into Formula E. Because well, that's what start, I'm saying. Everyone's going to move into Formula E. I I don't think they will because Formula E is a uh, is a bit of a stopgap for me. It's no, everyone's going to move into Formula E eventually and become Formula One. If, well, I think it'd be the other way. I think um, people the the technology developed in Formula E will come into Formula One, and then Formula E will be effectively Depends. made you know irrelevant. Yeah. Or then, a different version of yeah. Its own they may then Formula E may then may then start looking at hydrogen power, and then they perfect hydrogen power. Then that comes into Formula One. Yeah. That might be a way of doing it. But I do wonder if yeah. I do you reckon? Oh, you they've got hybrid engines anyway, haven't they? In, in Formula One. Formula One, yeah. So, they're actually massively efficient engines. Yeah. They they were actually more efficient than the Isn't Formula it? E engines because uh, because of the the manufacturing costs. I'm also right, they're just two litre engines. They're they're one point six or something. They're they're, they're or... no bigger than my Saxo. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're um not that I have a Saxo. No, you don't have I was gonna say you don't have a Saxo. Have a Saxo. No, they're they're very, very small engines. They're uh, I can't remember the last time they had less than two litre. Well yeah, they're V six turbos, so it's all about the efficiency in there and then with the kinetic energy recovery and the and the heat energy recovery systems. Actually the purple the the, the the gamer bill was a 1.6 liter. That was the last time. Oh, I had the Suzuki. That was the last time I had under a two liter engine. Yeah. Although, well, although the well, hybrid. I, well, I drive a diesel estate, so. Well, I I drive a diesel four by four, so officially, but it's only two liter. Mm. Um, and then I've got a hybrid green thing. Lucky you. It's Ford Mondeo. It's completely useless, but. Yeah. Um, do you want to? talk about F1 aero development because I literally um, have no idea yeah well I, I don't know a lot about this story but it's worth brilliant we're starting off with me having yeah. feckle clue and yeah Tom knowing there's 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 an agreement that's that's coming to play about the F1 development um for for aero and limitations effectively it's, it's is this aerodynamics yeah, it's similar to the uh, to the token system that Formula One used to run with the engines, which was incredibly unpopular. Um, this but sounds it, like an incredibly what, what it um, what it basically means is that um, the, there'll be changes to the amount of time that teams can spend using the using their wind tunnel. It's effectively being metered, so teams that perform well across the season will be granted more time the following year, and teams performing strongly will be granted less time. Um, is this a new Liberty Media rule? Uh, it's something. It's one of the things that's been discussed with with Ross Braun and the teams. It's it's kind of been agreed, from what I can understand. Uh, Christian Horner is not in favour of it. Um, well, neither he's is saying um, that you know we've got a budget cap now, and then by by scaling back on the aerodynamic testing restrictions as well, he, he just thinks it may be a, a little too much. Stroll's rubbing his hands together on the yeah. fact they've got a shit car. They originally had a shit car, and now they've got a Mercedes car yeah. that they can then put more time in the. Yeah, <laughs> the Mercedes ever will. <laughs> well, the idea is from the 2021 season onwards, the uh, the 2020 champions will only be permitted 90% use of the wind tunnel, 
and then that goes up by two and a half percent with each team going downwards with the grid which means that the last team would then get 112.5 percent so that means that they they're allowed more time than they currently are in the wind tunnel and one presumes that counts as you're allowed three weeks in the wind tunnel well yeah so there is a certain amount of time you are currently allowed to do with um, computational fluid dynamics and aero development um, and they, they are limited but this with this proposal it means that they're going to limit it further for the teams that are doing well and they're going to loosen it for the teams that and are doing well. And does this count on whether worse. they it works on models? Well um, most the... most teams run a um, run a 75 to 80 percent scale model in the wind tunnels yeah. they don't run a full scale they don't run a one-to-one -one scale model yeah. in the wind tunnels um, so it's mostly models anyway or uh, CFD which is which is all computer based yeah, so, so no, not actually anything physically there. Yeah, would they be allowed to? I wonder if that. Well, CFD's metered now anyway. Oh really? Yeah. You're, there's only only got a certain amount of hours you're allowed to do CFD. Um, I but, can work that one out. Some geek on a laptop. Yeah, I, I'm not sure on that kind of stuff. <laughs> what Horner also went on to say is he thought it's it's slightly. Oh, this Horner's rant. Yeah, like he, he says it's it's slightly it's slightly um, artificial, basically is what he's saying. Yeah. But it does give more development time to the further back teams. I think originally what it was supposed to be... that costs more money, and thus... Yeah, you still have to operate within the budget cap. <laughs> however, you know, however, some teams, a lot of teams now currently don't even hit the... 100%. Don't even hit the budget cap at the moment. They're currently operating under the budget cap, so they don't have oh. to do anything different. Um, Apart from get some extra money, which is where Stroll's coming in. Yeah. But where the... presumes that... Yeah, they'd still have to operate... Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. They'd still have to run within the budget cap. Yes. But um, the original proposal was that there was going to be uh, the top three teams would be limited and everyone below would get more. And Horner hated that idea. So at least yeah. now they're saying that it's on a sliding scale from first to tenth. Yeah. So that does make more sense. That's, right. that's what I've really got on that. Right. Well, hopefully we'll have some more news mm. or some more dullness next week about that. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it's, it's kind of a moving goalpost on that. I'm just kind of hoping that we actually get the season up and running when they say, because obviously with the was current... there any NASCAR this week? Uh, I didn't see any. No, mm. nobody messaged me to tell me when there were. None of our fans messaged me to tell me when there was uh, races on. Mm. So I didn't even look, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm sure someone won. I think there was. I saw. I saw something about a NASCAR winner, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Um, I'm just. I'm just hoping that we we get things going. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, I did hear a story. Actually, this isn't on the itinerary, but I did hear a story that. Oh, he's gone off piece. There was. Oh no. There was. There was going to be a. Um, they were going to allow fans at some of the races. Um, what they all stand in IndyCar? Oh well, it, huh? In IndyCar, they were yeah. going to allow fans at some of the races. This I thought year. you were going to say F1. I was like, that'd be modern to them because the Italians ignore. Yeah. Ignore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Top fives. Top fives. So what was the top five this week? It was most. Exciting, exciting car that's not in yeah. Formula One. Exciting vehicle that's not vehicle, in Formula One. Because Carl hates me and he knows that I'm a big Formula One. Well, you're getting so your own back to... next week because yeah. I have literally no idea. Yeah. So. He wants me. He wants me to come up with things that aren't Formula One related. So uh, yeah, there will be McLaren then. Well, McLaren do make road cars. <laughs> um, Technicality. Right. I don't know which way to start this one. I think I might go this way. Right. Do you want to start then? Cause... Yeah. Mine are in no order. I haven't put them in in an Mine order. Not really, but these are just five, uh, five things. Get Google up, Tom, because let's be honest, we're going to be looking at these cars. Oh, okay, I'll get Google up then. We never, uh, neither one knows what the car looks like. Yeah. Well, you might know this one. Go on. My first one. 
the aerial atom. That's a motorbike with four wheels. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you said you didn't have any motorbikes. It's not a motorbike, it's got four wheels. I mean, it literally, it's got less structure than a motorbike. Is this the new, there's two atoms, is there? Yeah, a... I, I did a hot lap in one. Um, did you? I didn't yeah, well, I didn't drive it. I was driven yeah. around uh, the Top Gear Test Track in, uh, in an aerial atom, and it's just like, it's another world. It's, it, like you say, it's a motorbike on wheels. Yeah. And, uh, you have to wear a helmet and everything. Yeah, it's got no heating. It's got no, no sat nav. No. There's, there's a reason why there's no motorbikes in my top five for exciting things because um, motorbikes aren't exciting; they're terrifying. So, um, yeah, the aerial atom bridges that gap, and it is the difference between exciting and terrifying. Fair. That's exciting, and being driven around but that by a race by a race car driver. Has it ever? I don't think it's ever been in a motorsport. I don't think it's allowed. It's not allowed, is it? No, it's actually a road car, full on road car, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. Actually, it's a track day car, but has never actually competed in any motorsport. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the d- discussion was whether we were allowing cars that w- weren't rela- motorsport related. But I've gone, I've, I've Tom, gone off the shelf. Apart Tom's from gone one, off the shelf already. We started off off the shelf cars. Have you got Have you got one that's ever been near motorsport? Well, to be fair, a lot of these cars would have raced in some form of another. Right. Tom's and just gone that, for his top favourite. Yeah, cars. and one that definitely has not raced in any form, right. as it couldn't possibly race anything else. Okay, so. Should I go? Go for it, yeah. Oh, shit. You've got the same as mine, I reckon. We'll find out. I reckon. Anyway, um, right. The Chenard and Walker. C-H-E-N-A-R-D. C-H-E-N-A-R-D and Walker. And Walker. Three litre sport. 23. 19-23. Oh, yeah. This was the first ever Le Mans winner. 24-hour winner. French ah. made. Um, did a top speed of... 57.2 miles per hour. This was before um, it was actually a track. So it was running around the town of Le Mans. All right. Um, it covered 2,209 kilometers, which is a fair amount for yeah. a car that's going 57.2. That was, that's pretty non-stop. Um, and today, as we're recording this, is the 25th. Tomorrow is the 26th. And that actually, it was 26th of May was when this first won in wow. 1923. So, has a little bit of history there. It's what ninety-seven years old yeah. today. So, and um, it got sold in two thousand ten, I think it was two thousand twelve, and then again to an American, and I think it just got sold by Bonhams recently mm. over the last three years. But it's a lovely. I still like the look of it. Like it's an exciting blue car, yeah. like a classic car. That is a cool classic. It's got track. the old crankshaft on the front where you have to you have to twist a handle to get it started. I love yeah, those. I just think it's really. My dad owned a. Um, it was like his his car he wanted his entire life. Um, when he got his golden handshake and and left his business and retired, he um he sold. He had a wedding car business as well, and he sold off all his wedding cars and bought this one car, which he'd always wanted, which was uh, 1935 Lagonda, which was there was only like nine in the world ever made, and. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, it was a lovely car. Unfortunately, he's had to sell it now because he, he is too big. It's massive. Um, but um, yeah, that was that raced at that model raced at Le Mans and won that no, year really. in 1935. Yeah, so. like, yeah, I don't know. I I would love a classic car. Yeah, we should do that. That should be a top five classic yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. Over over 50 years old or something. Mm. Um, right, my well, next one. It's a Ford. Ranger pickup. No. <laughs> uh, no. Ford Duster. No, Ford. No. It's um, 
The Mustang Shelby GT500. Of course it is. The Mustang Shelby GT500. That car purrs. It doesn't make a noise. It purrs. It's a beautifully sounding car. I'm Anyone who knows me knows I'm not the massive fan of Fords, but the Mustangs I like. I love the American muscle cars. And that, that Shelby Mustang GT500, just lovely car great sound the classic shape as well not not the modern ones i, I quite like the modern classic. one yeah it's okay but like the, the the 60s uh is it the 60s one yeah the 60s mustang shelby just amazing that big fat grill and the horse yeah and, yeah the lights on the front and oh yeah yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that is a nice car. Yep, that is definitely one for the uh, for the metaphorical um, man bank. Yes, or the or the garage when yeah. we become rich and famous. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, I've gone TT because I have, but not a motorbike. Hmm? All right, this shows you how much Tom knows about TT or anything. Uh, the TT sidecar. Oh God! Right. <laughs> You told you said motorbikes were scary. Look yeah. this one up. Uh, yeah. Just a TT sidecar. I haven't gone from the average, the, the fastest lap of um, with an average speed of 119 mile an hour. That's a 35 mile an hour, 32 mile track, doing 119 over a mountain. Yeah, just watching a video of they one overtaking don't, another they one. They don't. They're not strapped on. Yeah. The guy that's on the sidecar is not yeah. strapped on. Yeah, they lean the across. Wheel. They lean across. They don't lean they? across the back wheel to get the yeah to get the centrifugal force and then, to get around the corners and then throw themselves over. It's yeah. just I've seen it live and it, there's a couple there's a couple of brothers called Birchill brothers that are dominating the series at the moment, uh, nine time winners, mm. um, but absolutely mental and they're literally I mean no no joke you are as tall as them sat there Tom yeah they're literally about three foot in the air if that yeah and that you they you lie down on the motorbike and then the sidecar guy jumping you know it's just like yeah, no, I've, I've seen them racing around the track and I just think yeah that's that's not exciting that is insane yes no that is exciting mm. there we if, go if you have a death wish there you go all right so my next one then um is the Bugatti Chiron super oh, sport is this the new the Veyron part two yeah it's actually quicker than the Veyron yeah, it's uh, it's mental. Um, I did have some facts about it, but I've 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 mislaid them. Hang on, yeah. let me have a look. I think I put them on my. So I was going phone. to look at Bugatti. I actually, Google Bugattis, and I was going down yeah. the Veyron. Um, they ever t- I told you my story about Veyron. I know Bugatti. you've driven one. I haven't driven one. I've been next to one, and I thought you drove one over London Bridge. No, that was a TVR. Ah, okay. That was a TVR Camaro. No, the Bugatti was the. Um, I was doing a film and. Um, so we had a very wealthy investor who had a, um, and the film was all about a rich per, um, person coming back to a little village, and um, we borrowed one of the guy's cars, and I had to have a discussion as to whether I wanted to borrow his Lamborghini Diablo or the Bugatti Veyron, mm. and our lead actor was going to drive it, and I was like, yeah, we'll make it the Lambo, because <laughs> smashing that is going to cost too much. Yeah. And this is around the back of Harrods we were filming. Wow. He drove down the road, got to, in his in the Lambo Diablo, and turned, turned the corner, hit the front curb, scratched all across the front of the Lambo oh. as he went around. And I was just like, thank God that wasn't the Bugatti. Turned around to the investor, he didn't even blink. Wow. It's just like when you've got more money than sense. Yeah. But anyway, um yeah, it was a convertible Wow um one. It is a nice it's a beautiful car. Yeah, it's lovely. It looks nicer than the Veyron. I Why think. something's wrong with you? You haven't had a McLaren yet. Yeah. 
There's still time. Um, right, shall I go for my third one? Go for it. Um, I'm going to raise your 8 litre, 13. Okay. Um, Ivoco, Stralis, 440E. This is great listening. Oh, is this another truck? <laughs> it's a truck. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> racing truck. You and your racing trucks. Go <laughs> on then. Why that? Why that? Because it's um, he's six-time winner, the guy that drives it. It is just a phenomenal machine in the sense of the trucks. You know, the speed and, you know, I know they're made for towing and, and they're all talk, but the fact you can race those machines mm. and that they're, they're really... You know, their centre of gravity is not that good. You know, talk about being in a on a bike. That's just as mad. Yeah. You know, as to racing and fly, seeing those things fly around. You know, you know what happens when you when literally you get hit by a truck. You know, when people get hit by a truck. Imagine having ten of those racing around, or whatever, fifteen of those racing around a track. Anyway, um, I just think it's a real. I mean, it is really interesting, like, the fact that you can literally race anything. And I think that's important to think about as well, you know, and different forms of where that technology has helped. And I do wonder if any of that technology in racing has gone onto the main engine strength and things. Yeah. Next one, Tom. Well, so as not to disappoint. Oh, it's a McLaren. It's a McLaren. It has to be one. Maybe two, actually. It's the McLaren Speedtail. What's that? I generally don't know what that it's, is. Uh, it's the quickest McLaren. And, you know, um, excitement. Faster than the P1 or F1. Or... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's quicker. It's quicker than them. Um, McLaren Speedtail. Speedtail, yeah. Oh, that's ugly as fuck. Well, this is about excitement, not looks. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, what happened to its bum? <laughs> I mean, it looks like something out of Stingray. Well, it achieves 250 miles an hour, which is pretty, which Center... is pretty good. Center seats as well. It's a, uh, it's just, it's just a machine. It's just an absolute machine. It's over a thousand horsepower. Again, has never been in any motorsport in its life. Yeah, absolutely. But if that went into a supercar formula, it would kick ass. It really, yeah. I, why have there not has there not been like a supercar formula? Um, I don't know. Well, they, they generally. They used to put them into like a touring car, but they used to put them in the Le Mans series. Yeah. Um, like LMP1, and uh, I think they do have them in in certain disciplines of it. Like they have a, they have the the LMP series has different. Be amazing to put that versus a, che a Chevron or whatever it's called. Chiron. Chiron. Yeah. Uh, versus well, P P versus whatever the Merc. Yeah, I think they have them in, in endurance racing. Uh, um, Diablo. Or yeah. yeah. And there's that hypercar, actually. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. A it's... Ferrari. You can have so many interesting... Anyway. Yeah, it's just a... It's, uh, a... it's ugly, but I can ex it's understand... Not, it's not excitement. ugly. It's, it's, it's very different looking. I it's mean, like... it look, the boot looks like it's out of the 70s. It's a, it's a modernised version of the McLaren F1. Um, my favourite car. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's actually just... it looks like an F1 from front, and then they've just gone dragon a dragon copy and then pulled it longer and thinner. Like yeah, that. they've just grabbed the end and just got. Yeah. it's a it's an interesting car. Very interesting. It's not like it's not the best looking car, I don't think. But that's not, not what we're talking about. We're talking about but exciting, and that is exciting. Formula E derived, E derived battery tech. Yeah, it's uh, it's a hybrid. Oh, wow. 
Wow. That's quicker than the Prius. Yeah, quicker than my Mondeo. <laughs> yeah. Right, what's your next one then? I've got an Aston. Oh, we've got an Aston, excellent. AMB001. I'm not sure on that one. Oh, it's a motorbike. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> Hundred twenty thousand pounds. That's quite cheap, actually. Uh, hundred twenty. I got it down to ninety three. Wow. Hundred twenty. I think it's hundred twenty thousand euros or something. But ninety three k. It does look like it should be in Tron. It is amazing. It's a nine hundred ninety-seven cc turbocharged double double overhead cam V twin with one hundred seventy-eight brake horsepower. But per ton, it's nine hundred brake horsepower per ton. That wow. is just an insane vehicle. Um, only 100 being made. It's being made by the British motorbike, um, motorcycling company called Bro Superior. And actually, this, I'm slightly off piece because this has never raced. I don't think yeah. it's even out. Yeah, um, that doesn't surprise me. But it looks sexy as. And that leather seat, it's even got the little open mouth of the Aston Martin on the bike, which I found yeah. hilarious. Oh, wow. Um, I don't even know Aston even made bikes. I, I, I think it's just a showpiece. As opposed to anything else, mm. um, just to, to prove that you can do prove, it, type thing. And the fact it's been made by Bro Bro Superior, um, it's a coalition. It's, it's putting it's like having a Formula One car and putting Aston Martin all over it, or having a Merc and a Honda and putting whatever on it. You know, um, it's not really an Aston, but it just looks sexy as yeah, it looks like something out of Tron. That's um, good with that weird fin in the middle as well. But, um, there you go. Right. So my last one then, I'd say number one, but I, I've, I've saved the fastest until last. Yeah, McL I can't be a McLaren then. No. 250 uh, miles an hour? That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Oh no, you have actually gone for the same car as me. Thrust SSC? Thrust SSC. Yeah. <laughs> 763. Yeah. 10... 10 1997? Yeah, I know. Mental. Why has that not been broken? I know there's another one being planned. Do you know at the why it's not? Do you know why it's not been broken? It it's because it's point? because it's not really a car. It's a plane that just happens to have two two plastic wheels touching the ground. Um, got four plastic wheels. Well, four plastic wheels touching the ground. It's um, so you have to go. Um, it's ten point six tons. Yeah, it's sixteen point five mile meters long and three yeah. and a half meters wide. Yeah, it's mental. Um, Hundred and two. Brake horsepower, hundred two thousand. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say one hundred two. That's not a lot. Hundred and two. My, my Jags got more than that. Thousand brake horsepower. Yeah. No, so to, to set the land speed record, you have to you have to drive one direction for a mile, and then the other direction for a mile, um, and um, you get um, you have obviously a run up, and then you once you hit your your top speed, you have to maintain that for a mile then stop, turn round, and within an hour you have to go back the other yeah, direction yeah. and do the same speed again, and was it does the Bonneville? average time. Sorry? Was that on Bonneville for Salt Flats? I think uh, that... Yes, yeah, it's on Because the they sometimes flats. do it in Australia on the sand. Yeah, no, this was in America. Um, it's it's uh, It averaged it averaged 763 miles. 0.035. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's in Coventry. If you had, If yeah. you were that car and you had... You'd been to America, broke the lands. We, you do not want to end up in Coventry. No, nothing against Coventry, but you know what I mean. It's not the place for it. If it landed in Goodwood, if it landed in Bewley, you know, yeah. somewhere with a bit of motorbike, motorcycle, um, motorsport history. No, Coventry. Mm. 
No, it's mental. It's uh, if you're looking at most exciting, what's more exciting than the land speed record? Yeah. No, and that's why I had it as yeah. well. There we go. Well, that's you, go. you can tell we don't rehearse this because that's genuinely we both we yeah. both had completely separate top fives apart from our number ones. But again, I didn't. But put I wanted mine to call it a Rolls Royce because it's got two Rolls Royce. I do. I nearly said to you it's a Rolls Royce. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I've gone for a Rolls Royce. Well, actually, I've gone for two Rolls Royces. Yeah. So the Rolls Royce Spade two hundred five. There, there's all my facts for it. Mm. But um, that is quite funny that we've come up with the same. Yeah. Exact same. So next week's top five is going to be the Tom's Geekery. That's what it's going to yeah. be. Well. We'll see. Um, it's going to be the top five motorsport innovations. So I'm out. <laughs> I'm out already. Well, I've, I've, with it's me, going to be me. With me, it's rubbish. more going to be um, trying to think, like, trying look. to pick between which fifteen I want to reverse down to five. Jesus. I've already got just in the top of my head now. I've already got five or six. Just I want to use already. So. Um, I, I can um I can help you if you're out of ideas on that one. I mean no no I do this every week I managed to come up with five every week, and yet to fail so yeah. I'm not going to fail on this time. Okay. I'm just going to look at McLaren, and then just annoy Tom by trying to name all the McLaren. The future Mrs. Tom just said look up Mercedes DAS. No, I'm. But sure. that hasn't actually hit the track yet. Oh, it, it has to be involved in the track. Yeah, well it's it's. Do you it, know what? It Shotgun monkey seat. That's not wow. That's, I'm gonna have that as an you can have, The you monkey can have, seat. No, that's my one. You can have the monkey seat. Shotgun. That's fine. That's, I have no idea what the monkey seat is. It's not really oh, a massive what was innovation. The other one that we came up with. Anyway, I'm gonna have to go back to the first podcast. The gurney flap. The gurney flap. Yeah. When we were discussing names for the podcast, monkey seat one, but we were discussing gurney flap, and I was like, no. Right. Anyway, gurney flap and monkey seat. I've got two. Yeah. I'm down. Okay. There you go. You got two. Got so two. straight away. Got spoiler alert. Three next three week we talk about monkey seats and gurney flaps. Yeah. There you go. Right. I'm I gonna, think... Actually, do you know what I'm going to try? Find the stupidest names innovations and use those. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Because I literally won't have any other clue of that. Just remember, any other that's is good. Steering wheel. That's is good. Steering wheel. Yeah, that's a great innovation. The wheel itself. Yes. Look, I'm coming up with loads now. Wow. Anyway. Mental. Right, I think that's probably it for this week. It is. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so all the usuals. Uh, please get in contact if there's anything you want to discuss. Um, and yeah, have we fun. will... We'll see you next week. See you next week for more talking rubbish. More monkey seat jewelry pokery. Yeah. See you later. Ciao. Bye.